Welcome to House Talk Radio, where you'll hear from experts across the country educating you on all things house. Here are your hosts, Tony and Wendy Gambon. All right, welcome to House Talk Radio. My name is Tony Gambone, and this is my co-host, co-host yeah. Wendy Gambone, and we're excited to be here today on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Wednesdays are a great day for us. Uh, we get to hang out together in this part of the day uh, on a radio show slash video show. I don't even know what we're calling that anymore. We're talking to some cool people, getting some great information. It's it's. What do they call that? A blog, I guess they call it? They call it blessed. Okay. Yes, we are very blessed to be able to do this. Yes, absolutely. And I have uh, been super excited about this opportunity. We've been doing radio shows here in the Houston area for over 10 years now. And that's how long it took me to get my wife to do a show with me. So um, super excited about that. It did take a while. Mm-hmm. And Much before- less a video, too. Oh, my goodness. Yes, but as you this. can see why... If you're going to do video, I have to have some type of distraction or I have to wear a mask because I really look Which good in a mask. that's socially acceptable right now. It's Absolutely. Okay. And maybe we should think about yeah. that for the next show. <laughs> anyway, talking about a mask and what's going on socially, I hope that everyone out there is in good health and in good spirits and not putting the election before everyday situations and that's all i'm going to say about I was it gonna say that, you went there yeah okay. that's a whole that's different okay. show yes. okay yes it is uh, and i i just want to make sure that they know i'm watching okay <laughs> Whoever they you are. can connect with us on facebook under tough talk radio network and that's what this show is brought to you through the studios mm-hmm. of tough talk radio network i would tell you to go to the housetalkradio.com and and, and register to be a guest but someone next week I is maintaining the uh, uh, website yeah. so that it can better provide the radio shows and the videos that we do. So we're real happy about that. And we're very, 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 very patient because <laughs> we goodness. have to be. Yes. And, uh, and it's be worthwhile. Trust me. So if you want to be on the show and there's no way to get to the calendar to register to be a guest, Email me at info at toughtalkradionetwork.com and I'll send you a link that directly connect you to it so that you can be a part of what we're doing here and what it is that we're doing. Right. That was, I was just going to say, let's tell them what the house talk is about. You tell. Well, house talk is about anything house. I mean, the name says it all. If you uh, work in a house, own a house, sell a house, invest in houses, inspect houses, uh, you can be a guest on our show. Cut the lawn of the house. It, Pretty much anything. Extermination. Yeah. If it has anything to do with a house, buying, selling, leasing, renting, or investing, Mm -hmm. we're your show. Yep. So join us. Register to be a guest. We're always looking for some interesting How can I become a guest? You can email Tony at info at toughtalkradionetwork.com. I love it. Mm -hmm. All right. So, look, I don't want to waste a bunch of time today because I'm excited that we finally got uh, we've been looking for a company that does home inspections, okay? And this is a, well, they're a big so outfit. They do more than that, yes. commercial inspections, home inspections, and structural uh, uh, engineering. Mm-hmm. And we're always, because look, we have a remodeling business in the Houston area. This is a local company that we're going to brag on for a little while because they're able to help contractors like us 
to uh, one, inspect the house to see a lot of different things for a homeowner. Two, inspect it for structural uh, uh, remodeling, any kind of structural use, LVLs or tearing a wall down, mm -hmm. not sure. This is a great opportunity to learn more about that. Yeah. So I don't want to waste a bunch of time. And, and while Wendy uh, introduces uh, our guest, I just want to bring them up. Oh, okay. We have Mr. David Yancey from Criterium Yancey Engineers joining us this afternoon. Hi, David. Hello, guys. How are you? It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you. Right. Thanks for taking time out for us today. Hey. Putting up with us. Yeah. <laughs> My honor. It's a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things we do, David, is uh, we put the guest on the spot right away. We don't waste any time. Okay. It's so. Yeah, I'm just teasing. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> he likes he, to try to scare you first. It's all good. He, does he look scared? No, not at all. He knows this, right? <laughs> so anyway, David, uh, tell uh, they know that we're calling in from Houston. I gave that away. But where are you from originally? And tell us how you found this opportunity of, of Yancey Engineering. Oh, boy. Um, I was originally born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh. So a long way from home. Uh, Grew up there, went to University of Nevada, Las Vegas, got a degree in civil engineering, spent my first five, six years in design, and uh, married a Southern girl. And lo and behold, she said, ah, this is fun to visit, but this is the place I want to raise a family. So That's great. We have a similar story. That's awesome. So we yeah. ended up, being, um, found ourselves in Houston. Uh, she's an engineer also, electrical, uh, electric, electrical. She doesn't want me to call her electrician because electricians and electrical engineers are two different things. That's a whole other conversation. It's all different paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> paycheck. But uh, I got my feet wet in design. And like I said, I spent my first five years in Vegas in design, came out here for about three or four more years and did design. And I'm really a hands-on type of person. And sitting behind a desk all day and doing computer stuff wasn't my forte. Um, so I actually did some moonlighting, uh, which is allowed by the Texas uh, Board of Professional Engineers. On the weekends, I started doing inspections for a company called Criterium Engineers. And uh, my first inspection was a fire investigation and I was hooked from there. And yeah, how cool is that? It was very cool. I learned a lot. You know, I was out in the field, jeans, boots, you know, the whole nine yards and it just kind of sucked me in. So starting from there, I um, made it my kind of goal to transition out of the design and to get into the built environment is what I call it, you know, construction, forensic engineering, things that are built and fall apart and the inspection of buildings and, and properties. So ended up founding um, this Houston office of Criterium in 2011. And since then I've been an affiliate and we've been serving the greater Houston um, and the Southern part of Houston, you know, it's kind of one of those have work, will travel. And, they say the reward for good work is more work, so we stay pretty busy. Awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. It's a funny story, David. We'll tell you this real fast. So, um, I lived in Las Vegas for twenty years. We were in the here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I actually worked. Work, work, Fine then. <laughs> yeah. So we lived in Green Valley and uh, Henderson, and uh, I even lived on the West Side up back in the eighties. So. Um, it, it, my son, my youngest, was born at uh, actually in the hospital uh, on Charleston. Is it Valley? Is it Valley? No, UMC. Oh, UMC. Yes. Okay. Yeah, UMC. No, UMC. 
It's on West Charleston. That was so long ago. Yeah. yeah. He's 20, 25 now. 25 so now, yeah. it's been a minute, yeah. as they, as those 25-year-olds <laughs> say, yeah. right? But yeah, we moved here in 1998, and it was the best thing we ever did. So we were real excited about that and got me out of casino business and back into the construction business, which perfect town for that as well. Yes. So um, that's just a... Yeah, when you Crazy. said that, I was like, wow, because I was ready to leave Las Vegas after we had our son. I was, and like your wife, I said, this is a great place to visit, but it's I don't want to raise our children. She didn't like it. Yeah, she didn't like it. And there was nothing wrong with raising children there. There are regular neighborhoods. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But people think that you live right next door to the strip, and mm -hmm. that's where you go shopping. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you know, who knew there was an Albertsons there? So anyway, <laughs> or schools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so focus. Sorry. Okay. I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, home inspections, I want to talk about that for a little bit sure. first, because we've interviewed a lot of realtors, uh, a lot of mortgage people, mm -hmm. a lot of want to buy houses, a lot of investors. Uh, realtors uh, always depend. And so do homeowners, new buyers really depend on a home inspector. Now, I used to do home in, home inspection list, mm -hmm. you know, when I first got here, because I had to build a clientele. And um, what do you, how can I say this? So it's really important. There's a lot of little things and, and there's a lot of steps involved. So to come out and do an inspection on a house, say 2,500 square foot house is probably two hours, maybe three hour inspection? Correct. We budget roughly uh, an hour for every thousand square feet with a minimum of three hours on site. So, and typically when we're doing that, we're considering the major systems of a home. Um, you have your HVAC, electrical, you're gonna have your plumbing system, uh, you're gonna have your foundation and structural framing irrigations, you know, pertinences like pools and things like that, and then your interior and your exterior. Um, we feel that, you know, only spending a good amount of time, you know, we kind of use that hour per thousand square feet as a rule of thumb, but I've had a lot of homes, you know, in, in Westview and some of the areas where they have the older bungalows and, you know, 1950 cottages, they may only be 1,200 square feet, and I may be out there for three or four solid hours. Yeah. You know, but our goal is to bring some value to the process and educate the homeowner on things that not only are wrong, but things that are actually, you know, how it was built. Is this correct? Things you'll want to do in the future in terms of maintenance. With the, with the home. So. so a lot of people don't buy in, usually they're the seller, to the home inspection guy because... He's given leverage to the buyer to purchase the house. Now, I know that that's not your intention when you're out there. You're only reporting the obvious. So uh, it's not like I could go online tomorrow and become a house inspector, right? I mean, it's a little more than that. So let's tell them what's involved, where your education for that comes from, what qualifies you from the guy down the road that says, hey, I'm a contractor. I know a house. I built a house. I can tell there's a there's and I'm telling you as a contractor and a home builder, it's completely different. I might be able to recognize the problem you're talking about, but would I have found it if I had to look for it? 
as as an outsider, not as a remodeler. Right. So, you know, to kind of segue into the first part of your question, there are two different avenues in the state of Texas in order to inspect residential property. Uh, the first one is to get a license through the Texas Real Estate, better known as TREC. And to have a TREC license, the minimum requirement, uh, you have to have a high school education, and then you have to accumulate a certain number of years of experience underneath a master or professional inspector. This is the most common route uh, because it doesn't require you to have a higher education. You get credit for going and having an associate's degree or either having um, a specialization, let's say if you are a contractor, you can get credit towards that to your TREC license. But typically the avenue is to complete a, um, a preset qualification, a preset number of hours of construction related and code related and semi-engineering related curriculum. I believe it's a total of 480 hours if I remember correctly. And they use this plus your experience to qualify you to take a test. Now you still have to pass the test and demonstrate that knowledge. And then from there, you'll be issued a license and you can start performing inspections. The path I took is kind of twofold. I actually went and got my TREC license because I wanted to make sure and demonstrate that I have the basic fundamental knowledge of a home inspector license in the state. But if you have a four-year engineering degree, the state also gives you, um, you can surpass all the education requirements and just apply um, for a home inspection license. So I actually went through the classes and did all that, but I actually used my engineering degree because I felt, you know, I wanted a, a balance of both and to be able to say, in addition to this degree I have, which is a lot of theory and a lot of application, you know, background. I have the applicable application side of actually being in the field and knowing the code and, and uh, taking the tests. So. Right. so it's kind of like if I wanted to be a plumber, electrician, or HVAC person, someone that's licensed, I have to become an apprentice, to become a journeyman, to become licensed, to be able to do it on my own without without supervision. Is that that's correct? Yeah. Yeah. And I skip that phase, there are, there are steps in the process, apprentice, and it's almost a similar, similar um, uh, levels, the apprentice, and then I don't think they call it a journeyman, but there's three different stages. However, you can leapfrog to the last stage if you just demonstrate that you have all the qualifications and submit for the test. Uh -huh. cool. So you can't pay your way there? No. Cannot. You cannot. That's good to know. <laughs> You're stuck in the mouth. That's good to yeah. know. Yeah, no. Okay. I don't think I would have the, um, the know-how. They're pretty I, smart. Yeah, well, I don't think I want to be. Don't you have to like climb up on roofs and all kinds of going attics? And, you got to climb everywhere. Yeah, I'm not. But, it's not for the faint of heart. I will tell you that there are uh, a lot of days in the middle of a Houston summer that I question my change from going <laughs> wearing slacks every day in an office setting to being on a roof or in an attic for 20 or 30 minutes. And you know, 20 or 30 minutes doesn't sound long until you come out and you look like you just jumped in a pool. So. Yeah, there's only one thing worse. It's 20 minutes underneath that little 55-year-old home. Yeah, see, now yeah. that's, that's why. Nope, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> On your belly, down for all the elements. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, before you get your question, I just want to ask this. If you're, if you're talking to a group of homeowners and you're explaining to them before you sell your house, okay, um, you need to make sure of A, B, C, and D because when the seller calls me to come and inspect it, we want to make sure that, that we can give them the best report possible. So if you do your due diligence, what are the typical things that they might want to look at or 
could they just hire you to come out before the, the uh, buyer does? So to answer your second question, yes. Um, we have seen an increase in the number of proactive sellers is what we call them. People who want to understand the condition of their house and want to kind of head off issues before it become, comes down to contractual, you know, selling the home and, and, and finding, you know, big deal breakers. Um, my advice that I always give to people is don't be a, well, I should say be a proactive homeowner. And that's the, the, the key thing you can do um, when selling your home. Water is the worst enemy of a home. Uh, 99% of the residential construction in Houston is wood frame. And because of that, when water gets through the, the envelope, which is either hardy, hardy plank siding, brick veneer, stucco, and it gets into the wall cavities, you're going to have a problem. And so believe it or not, while the mechanical, plumbing, and electrical systems are important, we spend the majority of our time on the envelope, which consists of the exterior, the windows, the roof, any critical transitions from a siding to a brick, Talk joints and things of that nature. Uh, so we always tell people, look, you know, the things that you're hearing, clean out your gutters, you know, make sure you don't have piles of stuff blocking drainage. Those are all good points. And the second one I would say is go and just inspect the caulking around your windows. Go and actually look, hey, does the brick or the siding over here get mildew chronically? If it does, why is that? You know, is it the tree that needs to be pruned? There are a lot of things that are upfront and relatively straightforward that homeowners can do. And it's, it's periodic maintenance um, that can allow the home to have a much longer longevity uh, than if you are not maintaining. Homeowner maintenance is probably the key thing in the deterioration of a house. Because let's be honest, all these materials are gonna deteriorate. Regardless of what the package says, that it's good for 25, 50 years, left unchecked, it will deteriorate uh, at an accelerated pace. So. Okay. Let me ask you this, David. Are inspections required? They are not. The state of Texas does not require inspections. However, if you're dealing with a realtor uh, during a real estate transaction, they will typically recommend one. And it's not only protect them, it's primarily to protect all parties involved. You want to have as much information when you're purchasing a home. Um, it's the biggest investment most families will make. And to that extent, you don't want to get in a situation where you're happy in your new home, you close on it, you move in, and next thing you know, the first rainstorm, you've got water coming to the ceiling. You know, and not to say that sellers are selling lemons, but like I said, not every seller is uh, attentive and looking at what's going on. So small problems can become big very quickly. And also I have uh, <clears throat> people who assume that they're buying a brand new build. Why would they need an inspection? Oh, you set it up so I can knock it out. This is one, this is one of my favorite favorite phone calls to field when I'm in the office. Uh, I'm buying a new home. You know, I just want you to come and give me a once over. Um, I tell people their money would be actually better spent because we do offer new construction services from the ground up. So they go out there and they down the trees and start scraping the lot. We'll come out and look at the foundation preparation. We'll look at the framing. We'll look at the, all of the systems before they get covered up with drywall. Uh, that is a critical part because once it gets covered up, we can't see it. And if I had to give a range, I'd say probably 60 to 75% of the construction deficiencies come in that ballpark from the ground to before you put the cover up or what we call the drywall. Uh, so 
you know, that's my first pitch to them. And then if they still say, well, you know, it's probably, you know, I caught it too late or with a spec home that was already built, we'll come out and um, look at things for them. Now, primarily, which, what we find is that new construction, the materials have advanced over the last 15 to 20 years. We have very sophisticated building systems, envelopes, um, windows that are triple pane, double pane, filled with all kinds of gases. However, our workforce has pretty much stayed the same in terms of education and craftsmanship. And so you get a, I'll just say average workforce with a above average material and there's sometimes discrepancies in how it's installed. Right. And so we wanna put those out to the homeowner. You know, we never call it an adversarial relationship, but we wanna work with the builder to say, hey, you know, if you do it like this or if it's installed like this per the manufacturer's specification, you're gonna have a lot better longevity and your homeowner won't be calling you in a year for a warranty claim. So we always preach for new construction that, that you're gonna find, you know, you're gonna find a lot of deficiencies and it's not anything that's uncommon. We actually say it's very common. You know, they're people, they make mistakes. The one thing about buying a resale home is that somebody's had 10 years to figure out or more what those issues were and correct them. So, you know, we try to cut that learning curve down by helping them when the home's built so that they can enjoy longevity and the builder can walk away with a product he's satisfied with and not have any callbacks. Now, what about, uh, I read something a, while, a week or so ago. So let's say uh, the model home has been built and used for two, maybe three years. And it's the last house to sell. Now they're gonna put it up on the market. How important is it to get that inspected versus a brand new home? I'd say they're about the same. Uh, primarily, what we see with model homes is there is a conversion that happens from the model home to the home that gets sold, even if it's the last in the community. A lot of times the model homes don't have the garage. They use that as the home buyer's center where the home buyers can come in and sit with an agent and pick out finishes and, and you know, the nice area that you walk around. So during that conversion and during putting things back to where they would actually look like the spec sheet that you're gonna buy, they're basically doing construction. And that renovation process is a new construction process. And so we're there to help with that as well as look at how the building has been performing over the last couple of years that it's been there. So, you know, at any stage we say that inspection, inspecting is critical. It really just depends on someone's risk tolerance. Um, if you're like me, I don't like a lot of risk. I'm very conservative. So if I can do something to, to reduce my risk and you can't eliminate it, you know, there's risk in anything you do. Right. Uh, we can do something to help uh, reduce that risk, you know, that's what we're there for to add value to that process. Wow. I like what you said about like all the materials are, are getting more advanced, but the workforce isn't used to dealing with this advanced um, materials and installations. So what do you think could be done to maybe bridge that gap? That's a great question. So a lot of manufacturers now are issuing what they call certification programs. And you have companies like DuPont um, that come off my, uh, top of my head and other companies that actually have what they call certified installers. And so they're actually taking people and training them on how to install their product so that it's done right. And when you find that contractor that has the, the certificate from the manufacturer, you have a little bit more confidence that they're going to do the job correctly. Mm -hmm. um, manufacturers require this prior to issuing a warranty for, for their product when it's installed, some don't. We're seeing a lot more manufacturers, um, you know, 
doing the certification process. But also we find a lot more of the larger volume builders, they're educating their subcontractors. And so they're actually holding, holding class with them. And we find that if that was more pervasive throughout the industry, not just maybe you know, locally or statewide, that the level of skill will increase and that the number of construction deficiencies will go down. They're trying to work us out of a job, you know. <laughs> well, it, I, I, don't I don't know. Think that's ever I, I don't think it's that, David. As much as they're, they're trying to stop, they're trying to stop losing so much money on the one-year punch list. Yeah. Because that is costly the if they have to come pull windows out and you have stucco finish or stone finish mm -hmm. or brick, you know. And that, you know, I always say this to the guys that work for me: once the homeowner sees one thing the spotlight goes on and everything shows up. So you really have to do it right the first time. And I'm qualifying them, certifying. I think it's we, There's, a, there's a, a, what is it, quartz dealers, Vicastone. Oh. Unless you're certified, you can't even buy it no. as an installer. As a contractor, I can't buy it. I can get my installer to buy it, but I can't buy it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's good because in the state of Texas. Well, let's just go to city of Houston. I'm not understanding why, but they don't want my money to certify me to make me well yeah. known as someone who's taken a test to qualify to be a called a contractor in a remodeling contractor. You would think the city needs the money and then we wouldn't have all that store. Well, contractors have a bad name. Yeah. Yeah, because anybody can do one. Yeah. Well, and you look at services like Angie's List, you know, not to go to a tangent, but you may, from the outside looking in, you're like, how can this company be so so profitable just by referring people? Because when you have a bad experience with a contractor, it resonates. And when a municipality does not make a company or a person submit qualifications to indicate that they have that experience or that they're bonded or properly insured, you know, you can have a bad experience. So, yeah. so I'm going to go hometown on you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I lived in Vegas. He had his license there. You have to get certified yes. to be a painter. Yeah. You have to when we yeah. painted Newark, you had inspections. The guy pulled out a the one of the things that looked like they put in your mouth to look, a mirror, and he would check the top and the bottom of the door, interior as well as exterior, to see that they were painted. Then I come here and I see steel doors where the bottom is flapping because they hung it. And all the humidity that rolled down the door and laid on the threshold was sucked up through the bottom, rotted it out. And people go, how does a steel door rot out? Well, it's only on the outside. And no one ever paints them. You know, so I, I really think it's, a, maybe you can get that pushed through the city. You know, I, I in another life, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Too much going on now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're trying to work to keep, to keep our heads above water, but you know, one thing you did mention, Tony, that's pretty critical, too, and, and, you know, for my builders and general contractors who are watching this, from an investigative standpoint, when we get called out by a homeowner and the home's already under construction or already been built, and this happens quite frequently and they're experiencing, let's just say, moisture penetration, the only way for me to accurately and confidently determine if the windows have been installed properly and the flashing which is the mechanism that keeps water out of the window has been done correctly is to take off the outside cladding. Can't do it from the inside. You know, the inside is where we observe that there's probably an issue, whether it be a stain or soggy drywall. 
And like you said, in one year for a builder, that's a lot of money to come out, rip out the brick, rip out the stone or stucco, look at what's going on, investigate. And then if you if you do have a problem, let's say you got 30 more windows on a house, that homeowner is not going to be satisfied with just that one repair. He's going to suspect that the same problem is truncated and promulgated throughout the house. And so it becomes an issue, too, where we've actually seen an uptick in contractors you know, they're welcoming the inspection, they're welcoming their buyers get an inspection, and they're actually hiring third parties themselves to kind of keep their subs honest. So, but well, monitoring, give, that can be a big expense. I'll give you, for instance, uh, about maybe 10 years ago, I went to an estimate, and the people had a two-story house, and their year was just about up, and their father, her, the wife's father was coming to stay with them, they never used the upstairs other than the vacuum, right? And uh, so what happened was Hey, Tony, can you hear me? My sound, I think my sound went out. Okay. I see your lips moving, but... Would you like me to try to exit and come back on and see if that works? Okay. Now? Here we go. Uh, we're back. We're back. <laughs> A little technical. Sorry, I was getting feedback, so I unplugged one of the microphones that I thought wasn't working. <laughs> it, it is. So let me start over. So I, I was talking about, uh, I went to a customer to do an estimate and there was a tub shower on the second floor that they never used. The house was about 11 months old. Their father was coming to stay with them. So they wanted to clean upstairs, basically. They recognized that the tile on the bottom was like about a half inch and at the top it was an inch and a half. So they took it to the builder and the builder said, no, we don't repair that kind of stuff. So they took it, they went to, arbitration or meet arbitration and so we met at a bank conference room and i i don't even want to say the name of the builder i don't even know who it was yeah. right but the thing of it is as they're going through the paperwork the people were paying me by the hour to be there they showed a piece of paper that the people signed when they bought the house you know that packet of papers yeah. it sell, said that the tile allowance was one eighth of an inch per foot out of plumb so I asked if we could take a break and I asked the client, I said, I don't want to check here, here, here's the check back. You're not going to win this because who has the time to understand to put that in the paperwork when you're buying a house. So that's how important it is. 
before yeah. you sign paperwork. Moral of the story, read all the, <laughs> read and, every and page. Have an inspector. Yes. Because yes. you're going to point that out. The builder's going to point it out. The buyer can make the best decision based off of the information mm -hmm. fed to them. That's so, correct. Yeah. But I thought it was crazy that an eighth of an inch out of plumb, I don't get a check if I do a bathroom remodel and yeah. it's it's an eighth of an inch out of nine foot. You know what I mean? That no. That's an inch and an eighth. They're not going to buy it. So that's what's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, that's interesting that you state that because a lot of times there comes a disagreement on what standards you're using. So the it may be important to point out to a lot of people who are listening that there is a building code. The building code is segmented into residential and what they call commercial. Uh, the residential building code dictates and governs a lot of things. However, it defers to interior finishes to the manufacturer or to other trade associations. Right. So you have a lot of uh, commit. Uh, you have the building community on its own actually has been proactive in the Greater Houston Homebuyers Association. I want to say has promulgated their own construction tolerance standards. There's construction tolerance standards promulgated by engineers. The manufacturers have their own construction tolerance standards. So when looking at installations as well, it's important to get some consensus on which standard we're using. You know, if it's something that the builders dictated, then is this standard reasonable compared to something else? And nine times out of 10, even if it isn't, if you sign your name on the dotted line, you're agreeing to let the builder adhere to that standard. Right. So, oh, yeah. And, and so I was born and raised in the Northeast. You were born and raised in the West. Yes. Right. And now here we are in the South. Mm -hmm. When I moved here, I was running concrete crews and they were digging piers. I'm like, for what? Because yeah. we're so close <laughs> to the water, right? And in the, in Las Vegas, when I ran a concrete crew, you blew the sand aside, you put a beam down, you were gone, right? And up north, it's three foot deep because of the frost. So no matter where you move from, whether it's Pearland to Katy or California to Houston, it's really important to have a qualified person mm -hmm it's so worth the money to do yeah. that. So what is an average, and I'm not going to hold you to a cost, but so if someone says, well, I ain't putting out all that money. What's an average cost for someone to come out and do an inspection? We're talking 200 bucks, 2000 bucks. What, what is an average cost? So someone could figure out the value of that. Okay. So for a, you remember we talked about the two different tiers, kind of the, the inspectors licensed by the state. And then you have a lot of the, there's been a big uh, increase lately in the engineering community, the engineering community performing inspections. For your typical residential inspector licensed by the state, I've seen fees uh, starting at 350 to $400, going all the way up to $1,000, depending on how intricate the house is, um, the number of systems and things like that. Uh, some base it off of square footage, others base it off of the number of air conditioners, the square footage, the age. So there's a lot of components and factors that go into that. Um, for an engineering inspection, our starting price is $650. And we're a little higher than the state licensed only inspectors. Uh, however, all of our inspectors, anybody who looks at a house is gonna have a license, uh, a degree, uh, they're gonna be an engineer, he or she. And so we feel bringing that extra qualification and that extra knowledge uh, in terms of being helpful kind of justifies some of the discrepancy in the pricing. So you're not just getting somebody with the book knowledge, uh, the practical application. 
but usually most of our guys have 10 plus or more years of experience. So, and then ours range based on square footage and age, and they can go up to, um, we've done inspections of almost $5,000 for a residential house, you know, a 22,000 square foot home, which was being custom built. And that particular buyer, actually, we, he hired us from the ground up. And so we actually watched the peers being forward. And we reviewed the structural plans that the uh, builder's engineer had to make sure that there was no constructability issues. And so we can get as intricate or as, you know, one time ad hoc, you know, just have us out to kind of look at the kick the tires type of thing, or we can go down in the weeds and look at the details. So we yeah. feel like it adds a lot of value because we do have, you know, a lot of people out here to do custom builds and they get pretty intricate. So. And, and, and you made a point about how each builder has their own industry standards and stuff, right? So if you have a guy that's building seven houses a year, it's way different than to throw a name out there like a Perry home, right? That's building thousands, right? And then the other thing is, is if you're in a house two years before the problem arises or before you recognize the problem, the warranty is over. So if you had to pay... 500 to a thousand dollars in the beginning the savings yes. there is phenomenal because you're looking at spending five to ten thousand mm -hmm. after the fact and not sure if it's an ongoing problem or not so right. I, I very much see the need to do that yeah. i mean my, when we look at houses my wife says well maybe we should get a home inspection <laughs> come on i've been doing this for 40 years not the same i don't see the same things yeah. as stacy Okay, it's a different eye. It's trained differently. I'm trained to know how to make an unsquare corner look square. Okay, but I'm not. I'm not trained to spot things that aren't correct uh, ahead of time. So that's a different value. That's why they have to be licensed and do all the right. There's a big the importance there. And training and, yeah. and especially if you're flipping houses, I think that's another important issue, because someone buying the house when you flip it, and they try to to work like this because yeah. they're either just bought a program and learning how to flip it or they just been watching HGTV for five years, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the process is, um, I think that the flipper, the flipper should do an inspection yes. before he starts doing the work and count that into his process so that when it's a selling feature a quicker, that yeah. it's already been inspected and, and it's, it takes away leverage from the buyer to reduce the price. So I, I think 500 versus two, three, four, five, ten thousand $10,000 difference in price selling is huge. So very big value. Well, and you as a remodeler know how expensive it is after the fact to go in, tear out sheetrock, tear out insulation, dry out framing when it's water intrusion. You know, water intrusion are one of the big, bigger litigated issues that we see. And so, like you said, if we can find that post closing up the walls, before we get into two years of moisture intrusion, it's going to save you a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, construction workers are like automobile builders. Okay. They get a lunch break. And sometimes when things go wrong, it was right after lunch, <laughs> got where they were when they stopped. That's why you have a lemon in a car dealership because all the other cars work fine. That was the one hit lunchtime. So, yep. It's very possible to happen. The so. lunchtime and Fridays are, are big deals around construction. On Fridays, you come and a lot of tailgates are open, people sitting around, what are we going to do this weekend? And, you know, oh, oh, 
we got to finish up, guys. It's, it's only four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why we pay on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> at church. Yeah. <laughs> not uh, true. Not true. Okay, so what's what's a strong piece of advice moving forward? Okay, I mean, we have the pandemic. Mm. We have the election. So there's two pieces of false news. Let's give them a positive piece of news. Negative, not false. It's false. It's true. Okay, they're both full of crap. Anyway, uh, let's give them some information that they might be able to use this year. Whether they just bought a house, thinking they just, about buying a house. Yeah, or any. Maybe they're just stuck in their house from the pandemic, right? What's something that they should think about doing, or what should they spot? to think, well, maybe I should call Dave and see what this is. Anything you got for that? It starts from the outside and working your way in. So, you know, we talked a little bit before about maintenance. I always tell people just to go outside, you know, and while you're taking a walk, you know, bikes became very big during the pandemic. They sold out. A lot of people around our neighborhood that I you know, lived in my neighborhood for 15 years, and I'm seeing people like, who are these guys down the street? You know, you're taking the time to kind of dial it back and get family centered and, you know, more oriented with what's going on. Take a look at your house. Um, that is the biggest piece of advice I can tell you, because if you're actively looking at things, you won't believe how many calls we got from people saying, I've been cooped up in my house a month and I just looked up and I noticed there's a crack. Or we finally want to paint these walls and I noticed that, you know, the door is not closing you know, routine stuff like that, open your windows. I know we only get about four to six weeks a year where you could really open your windows without letting in mosquitoes or <laughs> 100, right, 100 degree weather, but open up your windows every now and then, you know, look at the seal, look at the track, see if there's an accumulation of debris and mud. Look at your gutters, clean them, because a lot of times the leaves and the debris in the, in the valleys of your roof and in the gutters allow water to infiltrate up underneath the, um, the roofing surface. Look behind refrigerators, you know, when you're doing your spring cleaning. Mm -hmm. If there's a baseboard that's warped, uh, if it's discolored, there's a reason. It may be the water hose on your refrigerator is a little loose. It could be water coming from the exterior. My big saying is, you know, what we do isn't rocket science. Obviously, it takes a trained eye and a little bit of um, being deliberate about what we're looking for. But most of this is just common being alert and attentive around your home. We just tell people, don't be, don't live in your home, you know, love your home. And for your, and if you're buying, get an inspection. Whether it's me, whether it's somebody else, just make sure you're using an individual who's demonstrated they have qualifications. Call around. People call, they ask us for price. Um, I always tell people if price is your only uh, qualification or if it's your leading one, you may be doing yourself a disservice. You want to talk sometimes, you know, even if it's the, the, the person that answers the phone, ask them what their inspectors, how long they've been doing this, ask them how long they've been in business. Those things matter. You know, um, they all lend towards the validity and the experience and the, um, the overall quality that you're gonna get when you're purchasing a home inspection. So, you know. Yeah, good advice. So David, how can people find you? So you can find us on the web. Obviously, if you Google uh, structural engineer, we are at the, First page I want to say of Google's list. Uh, we have a website, criteriumyanceyengineers.com. Um, we are on Facebook, I believe, on Twitter. I'm not the social media guru. I know we have those pages out there. Uh, 
know, you always hear business coaches, you need to update your social media so often. And I'm like, I'm, I'm out there doing the work, you know, I, I'll get to it when I get to it. But, you know, we also, we have somebody who mans the phone six days a week. Um, so give us a call. If you just, if you're looking for a qualified individual, you know, or a company, we'd love to be of service and help you out. What's Can you get, yeah, yeah, what's the number? Yeah. Oh yeah, 281-491-1262. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for yeah. your time today. It was very, no very enlightening. I learned some stuff. Great information. Sure. Great information. Great information. And yeah. I know our listeners uh, got a lot out of it. So thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate well, that. Now that we know that you're here, yes. we'll have to have coffee and uh, when things slow down. And Yeah, and that doesn't happen very often. Because <laughs> one of the things I noticed about your company that's similar to ours, we asked a customer in a survey before we go there if you're interested in the best price from a contractor or the best relationship with a contractor yeah. so that's good to see yeah. that you do that because it's not about the money work is there mm -hmm. it's about trust and trusting the person that's doing the work for you so big thanks to you man thanks for, for your time today appreciate no it thank you for having it on i appreciate it i'm glad to see you guys are safe and happy and uh here's coming to 2021 Yes. All right. We'll talk soon. Stay safe. Take Thanks, care. All right, Queenie. That was. Uh, that was great. great. That was great. Yeah. What a what a, I mean, just some of the information that David gave us. It was um, good stuff. And you know, I know there's some skeptics in here who think that uh, the home inspection isn't. All that it's uh, well, let's use me in again. <laughs> let's do that, <laughs> yeah. Because when I first got into town, I thought, What, yeah, for what? Mm -hmm. What do these guys know? They know a lot, yes, okay. And I've been here since 1998, and it has been proven to me over and over again. And if you're doing investment property or buying a home, every time you're doing something with the home and it's investment, protect your investment exactly. and get a professional opinion about it it's well worth it i mean if your car's not running properly mm -hmm. and you recognize it you just don't park it in the driveway and ignore it you right. take it to a shop and you get it fixed so before you go and hire a contractor maybe it's a good idea to do this first so that you know the contractor coming out there if he's telling you something different than the inspector did right you have to protect yourself the only way to do it is by doing your homework and making sure you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. So when you're out walking, good point, David yeah. made. Take a walk around your house. I yeah, know we watch the landscape right? through yeah. the window, <laughs> right. but take a walk around the house. Look at the slab underneath. See if there's yeah. cracks or anything hanging Check out. Check your gutters. Open sure your blinds clean. up. Open your windows. See if there's any sheetrock damage or any swelling of the windowsill. You know, uh, you clean your gutters. Yeah, and you can prevent probably maybe something happening just by doing that, by just keeping it clean. You can prevent it. And I'm not trying to make every man Keep out there's wife get them up on the ladder and clean yeah. the gutter, okay? There's, there's people, people out there that, who do that. You yeah. can pay them to do it. Yeah. Most of the time, it's your landscaper. Yeah. So check it out. Or your kids. If you have kids, they're good for that. I would rather pay a stranger. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's our show for today, folks. I'm so thankful for David to come out there and, 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 and give us all this information. Give them the website. Well, I was going to tell them, and if they're looking to find David, it's Criterium Yancey Engineers. So you can find him, like he said, on Google. Just type in Criterium. It should pop right up. 
he gave his phone number. You can hit rewind, listen to the phone number. Um, yeah, make so sure to watch this video four times. Yeah. <laughs> we, we recommend that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and make sure to tune in to us next week. Yes. On Wednesday afternoons, 1 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on House Talk Radio slash video with Wendy Gambone and Tony Gambone. That's our show for today, folks. Thank you. Have a great afternoon. Yes. Thanks for listening to House Talk Radio. We'll be back next week with another distinguished guest. You won't want to miss it. And don't forget to check us out at housetalkradio.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.